you are listening to the India Chalo podcast a platform where we bring travelers from all over the world to talk about their journeys across India to discuss their trysts their adventures with the people the food the culture the heritage and so much more to give you our listeners a sneak peek into what India has to offer for your next trip stay tuned Hello there fellow travelers namaste and welcome to a brand new episode of the India Chalo podcast I'm your host Rohan I'm super excited that you're here because we are dedicating another episode to visiting the beauty of North India I hope you enjoyed our last conversation with Antrik Anvishan where we discovered the beauty the way of life in Spiti Valley In this episode we'll be going to another majestic place in North India We'll be visiting Ladakh and its surrounding beauties with an incredible travel writer Neha Bansal. Now Neha is a travel writer, she's a blogger, she has her Instagram channel which I highly recommend you check out. It's called Ru A Musafir which we'll link in the show notes of this episode. Neha and I get into the details of her trip to Ladakh and we talk about a bike ride from Delhi to Ladakh and back. She went on a two-week trip with one of her friends, and we talk about all the incredible places she stopped in between. We talk about the way of life in Ladakh. We talk about all the different monasteries she visited. We talked about all the various remote villages with the mesmerizing beauty and so much more. It was an absolute treat speaking to Neha about her trip. I won't talk about it because she does in the conversation. So I hope you enjoy the conversation as much as I did. Without further ado, I present to you Neha Bansal. I am here with Neha Bansal. Neha, welcome to the India Chalo podcast. I am super excited that you're here. I have been looking forward to speaking with you for so long. So welcome to the show. Thank you, Rohan. Uh, thank you for having me and for giving me this opportunity to talk about my travel experience. Thank you so much. That's great. So, before we actually dive into the itinerary, why don't you give our listeners a brief background about yourself? What do you do, and your experiences so far? Okay. Uh, my name is Neha Bansal, and uh, I'm from Delhi. Uh, I love to travel, and uh, I've been traveling for a few years now. And I share my travel photos and videos on my Instagram handle, Ruhi Musafir. Awesome. And what got you into travel in the first place? Uh, so, Rohan, uh, there's this incident which happened in 2012. Uh, so, what happened was that I was in Nainital, uh, a friend, and. Uh, we went to this place called himview and uh, it's famous for its amazing view of the himalayas and uh, it was a foggy day and i wasn't really expecting too much and i had seen himalayas even before that so i it, it was like okay and we went there and uh, since i said that it it was very foggy we, we didn't really see anything but what we saw was an outline of the whole himalayan range and for some reason it was very different i mean there was something which changed i was struck by the beauty and even after we came back there was this it was like a strange calling that i needed to respond to it was like i just want to be there i just want to be in the mountains and i don't want to go back home so in back from nainital and immediately after that to kosani 
it's a place which is very famous for its 300 kilometer wide panoramic view of the Himalayan ranges. So in December, the same year, I went to Kosani. And since then, I'm traveling regularly. Whenever I get time, I just go to the mountains. That's awesome, I think. So you found your travel inspiration from that one trip that led you to so many future trips. And now you have fully uh, immersed into travel. So that's amazing. So uh, (laughs) tell us about which place you're taking us to today. So uh, today I'll be talking about Ladakh and also a very special place called Chushal. Uh, It's a small village which is very close to the Indian LAC uh, line of actual control with China. It's one of the five designated locations along the line of actual control where the army personnel from both the countries, I mean both India and China, meet Mm -hmm. to have formal discussions in order to maintain peace at the LAC. So it's among the five places and it was recently very much in the news because of all the trouble that that we we were having with China. So yeah, it's so for to go to Chushil, you actually need to apply for inner line permits. Okay. Yeah. So Neha, how did you decide to go to Ladakh in the first place? I know you like the mountains, so that's one reason. But apart from that, why did you pinpoint on Ladakh particularly? Uh, so actually, I had been to Ladakh three times. Okay, and okay. Uh, the first time I went to Ladakh was in January, uh, in mm-hmm. 2015. The second time I went there, I was on a trek, and after the trek, I went to few places in Ladakh. So going to Ladakh in summers was pending, and that was one of the factors why this trip happened. Mm-hmm. Uh, but there was also one reason that we wanted to do it. I wanted to actually do it on the bike because after going to Ladakh and Spiti before that, I understood that the best way to completely enjoy or experience the terrain, the landscape, the beauty of these places is to be on the bike. So yeah, I wanted to go to Ladakh and on the bike. So yeah, that's how this trip happened. That's amazing. And which bike did you take? Royal Enfield. (laughs) Awesome. Awesome. That's great. Must have been an exciting experience. So you went with a group or uh, you went with your friends? Whom did you go with? Yeah, it was a very exciting experience. I mean, it's one of the best trips so far. Uh, I went with a friend. So, which we, so I mean, he's the same friend I went uh, to Spiti. With. Okay. And uh, so we, we don't go with a company because uh, we like to do everything from our own. I mean, if you go with a company, you don't really have to worry about extra fuel. You don't have to worry about carrying your own luggage. But we wanted to do everything on our own. So we carried our own saddlebags. We took extra fuel. So like we bought uh, the carrier. We, we bought the riding gear, the jackets, everything. So we wanted to do everything. We wanted to fully experience the how biking is done actually to, that's awesome yeah. that's awesome so you mentioned you went to Ladakh three separate times in separate seasons so which has been your favorite yes. season so far to visit Ladakh if I don't want to see tourists around I would say that January is the best I mean winters is the best time to go to Ladakh because there are no tourists so, okay. I mean, okay. so you'll only find trekkers there because in because in winters, charter trek happens in Ladakh. So mm-hmm. there are trekkers in Leh. But other than that, there are no tourists. So if you want to avoid, if you're somebody who, who doesn't really want to be, who's, who's looking for an escape from 
people i mean then jan i mean winter is the best time but if you actually want to see the whole of ladakh then the best time is summer because then most of the passes would be open so because i wanted to see this time in january i had to miss on to a lot of places because because the passes used to be closed right so right. yeah summer is the best time if you want to see the whole of ladakh though even now there are many places that i have not really seen i have not touched zanskar which is in my list but okay. still i mean the more the major part of ladakh i have seen so mm-hmm. that you can only do in summer got it because then the passes are all open and you are able to see it more uh, yes. without any challenge yeah yeah got it so let's walk through your itinerary uh, how did you start you started from delhi i imagine yes so ours was a 15 day long trip so we left on 15th of july exactly okay. and uh, we started riding from delhi we left in the evening and the plan was to reach chandigarh and stay there and leave the next day very early in the morning because the, we had to reach manali the next day and we had to reach manali by afternoon so that we can go to the permit office and obtain permits to cross the rotang pass next day got it okay so the first day we reached uh, on the first day we reached chandigarh the next day from chandigarh we left for manali in manali we got our permits sorted and on the day 3 from uh, manali yeah, we left for jispa so uh, actually rohan on this trip we crossed 11 high altitude passes and we wow. saw seven high altitude lakes wow that's awesome so. <laughs> all along the way yeah all along the way so the wow. so the way we planned our trip was that we that we will be crossing 11 passes and we'll be seeing seven lakes wow that's amazing and did you stop for a few days in chandigarh manali or was it just to just as a break you stopped there and then moved on no we didn't stop in chandigarh manali because no, there was no reason for stay to stay in chandigarh right. in manali okay. i had been to manali so we didn't stop there as well we had evening because we reached manali in the afternoon so we had evening in manali and we yeah, so we went out for some time and then back to hotel and slept because again from manali we were going to jispa and was supposed to be a very long day manali to jispa and from on our way to manali to jispa we crossed the first pass of our trip the rotang pass and uh, so i'll tell you about jispa jispa yeah. is a very small village it's in lahol valley in himachal pradesh and uh, the population size is very small i remember it was around it was less than 500 persons in 2016 wow <laughs> and okay. Uh, okay and for most of the people who are coming from manali side jispa is a place where they actually stay for the night because manali is a, is at a height of around 7000 and jispa is around 6 Ten thousand five hundred. So in mm-hmm. a way, you are gaining an altitude of four thousand feet in a matter of few hours, which right. is too much for a human body to take. So people actually come and stay there for the night. So before going to Leh, we also decided to stay at Jispa so that we can acclimatize. So you mentioned it's a small town with a limited population. So are there enough yes. staying options there, or was it limited in that sense too? there are very limited options in jispa but actually it's it's not really a problem because you won't find many people there so it's it. easily okay. so you'll find a room to stay i mean you just need a room that's it just 
uh, yeah, and a, and a clean bathroom. That's it. So okay. that you will easily find. Also, uh, in summer, you'll find a lot of people who have their tents. So even if they do not have a room, a room free, they'll arrange a tent for you. So it's not really a problem. That's great. That's great. So uh, where did you go off from Jaspa? So from Jaspa, the next destination was Leh. Uh, this day was particularly very long, but it was actually very exciting because on this day, we crossed four high altitude passes and saw two beautiful lakes. That's incredible. So let's talk about the lakes for a minute. So how did you, how was the environment around the lakes? Was it a tourist attraction with a lot of tourists around or was it uh, secluded and you had to cross many hurdles to get there? So how was it visiting the lakes? The first, uh, so as soon as you leave from Jaspa, you don't really, so after like few kilometers, you see a small lake. It's actually on the road, but it's a bit deep. So it's called Deepak Tal. So that's first lake. Okay, it's beautiful. It's blue, but uh, we, I mean, there was nobody because it was around 6.30 in the morning. There okay. was nobody. Okay. It was very cold. So we, we clicked a few pictures. We stopped for a few minutes and then we left. And again, I think in 15, 20 minutes, you'll see another lake, which is Surajtal. It's it's on the road as well. So you can't miss these two lakes because these are actually on the road. So you just okay. can't miss because that's the only highway. And on Surajtal, we stopped because there was, because we didn't have our breakfast. So there was just next to Surajtal, there was this place uh, so we stopped there and we had omelette and Maggie. So, yeah, the lakes were beautiful. Uh, Surajtal was green, but it was very, very beautiful. And uh, after Surajtal, you know, the, the height increases and uh, we crossed the first pass, Baralacha. And okay. uh, Baralacha is around uh, 16,000 feet. So it was very high. And it was snowing, actually. Wow, awesome. And uh, how did you acclimatize yourself to, to such high altitudes? Like, did you take any measures or some medicine or something with you? Um, yeah. So from Manali onwards, I started taking Dimox because okay. I did not wish to take any chances. I knew that on this day, we'll be crossing four passes and it's better if you take precautions. So I was taking Dimox. But uh, yeah, I think staying in Jispa actually helped because... Uh, it helped us acclimatize better. So after Baralacha, uh, we crossed uh, Nakila. Then we mm-hmm. crossed La Chungla. There are two high altitude passes. And then we crossed Tanglangla, uh, mm-hmm. which is around 17,500. So these were wow. the four passes oh, yeah. and the okay. two lakes for the okay. day. Okay, so and you crossed yeah, all these in one day. By, yeah, four passes okay. and two lakes in one day, yeah. Okay. Great. <laughs> yeah. And by evening, so so that day was around. It was around. It was a long day, and uh, it was around twelve hours of journey. So mm-hmm. we reached late evening. So next four days were in late. So uh, all right. So you reached late. Then you stayed there for four days. You mentioned. Yes, uh, we were there for four days. So there are a lot of places in and around Leh. And uh, we stayed there for four days and we went to uh, places like Leh Palace, Leh Monastery, mm-hmm. Shanti Stupa. Then you have Shea Palace. So Shea is actually used to be the uh, summer capital of uh, Ladakh in, in the past. So oh, there's okay. also a palace and monastery there. So we visited Shea Palace in Shea Monastery. Then we went to Hemis, which is a very famous monastery in Ladakh. 
So we went to Hemis and we also went to Thikse, which is again a famous monastery. Uh, there's also a Gurudwara there, which has a story associated with it. It's called Pathar, Pathar Sahib Gurudwara. It's very okay. famous in the dark. So mm-hmm. we went there too. And there's also a museum there, which has... You know, all the wars that, that have been fought in Ladakh. So they have pictures of all the soldiers and there's a bit of description beneath the pictures. So it's a small museum, which is, you know, which is being run by the army people. So it's there. It's outside, just outside lay. So we went there too. Uh, so yeah, these are the few places. Uh, that That's awesome. A lot of and monasteries in lay. So uh, how did you, I yeah. know you have your bikes, but. If a traveler is coming through public transport, how would one expect to travel around in Leh? Can you rent a cab or how do you travel there? Uh, so shared cabs are easily available from Leh. Mm-hmm. Uh, they are they are pretty cheap. I mean, for a one, but it actually depends where you want to go because you need to keep uh, in mind that you need to take a cab back from there also. Yeah. So yeah. because there are no cabs after 4 p.m., 4, 5 p.m. Uh, okay. Because everyone okay. wants to come back to lay before the sunset or just after the sunset. I mean, not too late, actually. So, uh, yeah, so shared cabs are available. And uh, we, there are also buses in summer. So these things are easily available in summers. Actually, in winters, you, you won't find shared cabs or buses. So you just have to hire a cab in okay. in winters. Okay. There's no okay. other option, actually. Or maybe you can share it with somebody. For so example, if there is an Innova, somebody's and they're just a family of two people or three, then maybe you can share it with them. So that's a different scenario. But otherwise, no shared cabs are available in winters. Got it. And uh, where did you stay in Leib? Was it a homestay or was it a hotel? How was the staying experience there? So uh, for in the entire trip, we stayed in a homestay. Uh, okay. So in in day also, uh, I was in a homestay. It it it's near Changspa Road, and it's the same place I stay every time. So yeah, I stayed there only. It was it's always a very nice experience because in these places you don't really want to you know I mean sit and eat sit and eat in your room, and also that in the evening you really can't go out because it gets really dark and it gets cold even in summer so i mean the morning and afternoon you can actually go out and eat i mean in the lay market but in the evening it's better that you eat where you're staying so people staying in all the rooms they were staying they were eating in one common hall so you'll meet different kind of people i mean they they share their stories you share yours and it's, it's a beautiful experience that sounds amazing and what kind of food is available like what kind of foods do the locals enjoy over there um, in summer, you'll you'll find every kind of food. You'll find you'll also get South Indian food. You'll get dosa. In oh, in, wow. in, okay. in summer, you'll also find naan, roti, rajma chawal. You'll find everything. In winter, it might it, it's not really possible to find many varieties in food. But it's I mean I would personally say that suggest that uh, it's better to eat local food. I mean it's also easy to digest. Um, so I mean I whenever I go, I if I you know, I eat thukpa, tenthuk, momos. I mean, these are things which I eat. It's it's not very oily and it's, mm-hmm. it gets digested very easily. So that's something that you need. Okay, you don't want to feel heavy or you don't want to wake up very heavy, feeling very heavy. So yeah, in these places, I would suggest that it's best to eat local food 
you know, which is not too heavy actually. Right, and people also crave that northern simple food that you get in northern states. So I think yeah, that's something worthwhile. So yeah, so after leave, where did you go next? Uh, so after leave, the plan was to go to Nubra Valley. So mm-hmm. there's a place called Hundar, which was in the Nubra Tehsil. Uh, it's actually situated on the banks of a very beautiful river called Shok. So and this place Hundar, it's uh, famous for its sand dunes. You must have seen pictures of people sitting on bacterian bacterian camels. I'm sure. Yeah, yeah, right. So they do safaris there. So it's it's a very beautiful place. So from Leh we went to do Hundar, and uh, on this day we crossed the sixth pass of our trip, which is a very famous pass. We crossed Khardungla, and uh, yeah, so we went there. So the thing is that uh, for Hundar, what what people mostly do is that they go to Hundar. They they do the safari and they stay there overnight and the next day they come back to Leh. So that's how they do it. So the okay. first day we went to Hundar, we, we did the safari and uh, we stayed there overnight. And the next day we came back and on the way we saw a very beautiful monastery, which is the largest monastery in the Nubra Valley, which is a Diskit monastery. So we went there. So this we did on the way back to Leh. So the next day we came back from Hundar to Leh, and after that, on it was it it was eleventh day of our trip. We went from Leh to Pangong. Oh so, wow! Okay, okay. Yeah, so we went to Pangong. We so you you go to Pangong, you have to cross another pass, which is called Changla. So this was the seventh pass of our trip. So Changla itself is a very beautiful pass it's it's one of the most beautiful passes i have seen it's very beautiful the view from changla is really awesome it's it's very beautiful so we crossed changla and uh, so basically there are four places to stay at pangong i mean pangong is divided into four places so one is lukung the other is pangmik then there is man and mirak so Lukung is kind of the first segment. So you enter, you you come, you reach Pangong, and that's the first place that you see is Lukung. Actually, most of the people they stay there. So we th- it was very crowded. So we thought that we won't stay at Lukung. So instead, we went ahead and we we stayed in Spangmik. Yeah, we stayed at Spangmik, and uh, next day uh, we had to leave for uh, Chushil. So we went. We, so next week we slept, and next morning we left early for Chushal village. Okay. So, so the thing is that uh, Indian. I think it was opened in two thousand one that Indian government allowed Indian tourists to go beyond Pangong. Before that, it was not allowed. So I think it was either Man or Mirak that beyond which you could not go. It's still restricted for foreigners. So foreigners can't go beyond a point okay. and uh, okay. but Indian tourists can actually go there if only you have the permits and you need to obtain these permits from the lay district office uh, in advance so if if you do not have permits uh, at the check post they'll ask you to go back okay okay so you have to obtain it from lay district okay okay yeah, you have to opt- obtain it from so lay DC office you have to fill a form you so yeah there's a proper procedure and you need to apply for the permit unless you have the permit you you won't be able to cross pangong because after that uh, yeah because this whole village this 
this whole route is very close to the LAC. I mean, we saw the Chinese check post. I mean, it was just right there. We could see wow. it. Okay. So okay. it's very close. You just mm-hmm. ride it. So this whole 200 kilometers was that you will, it, it was like that you're riding across the LAC. So yeah, you could just see the Chinese check post like that. So that's why you need permits for it. Wow, and, that must yeah. be exciting. And there are seeing that, yeah, yeah. It it uh, it was very exciting, and there are many stories related to it. I remember a friend of mine told me that before we actually went for this trip, he said that you know one of the persons, uh, army person, told him that uh, kept telling him that do not go left, do not go left, uh, stay on the right, stay on the right, and he asked why. So he told him that if you stray from the main track, you can be in serious trouble, and you never know that you can just land up in China. Oh my God. Okay. Okay. Because actually, there is no demarcation. Uh, Right. Yeah. So when we were getting our permits checked, so they just told us to. So we asked them that uh, is there a proper road? So so they said that there is no road. Just uh, just stay on the right side of the mountain, and you will reach Chishul village. You stay on the right. So that's what they said. Wow. Okay. Okay. All right. So. how was it at Chisul? Was it a again? Was it a small village with limited people, or it's a it's a very small village. So people there are very shy. I mean, I don't really think that they see many tourists in the, in a year. So they were very shy, and okay. uh, they are they are, so people are mostly uneducated. Uh, they are mostly dependent on agriculture, and there are not. There are no places, actually, there are no places to stay in Chushul. So nobody really stays in Chushul. And uh, there were hardly two or three places to eat. So okay. Okay. there was one place where we stopped and it's a very small village. I mean, there are like five, six buildings and it's done, it's over. So it's a very small village and five, six houses, I'm sorry. It's, it's, it's that small. And there was oh, wow. one place okay. where we stopped. We thought or we asked, we ordered uh, omelette again in Maggie and we were talking to the owner of that place after after a few minutes he told us that in 1962 during Indochino war the Chinese soldiers were standing right, right outside this place on the road they were there they were, and it was okay. like okay. it was unbelievable so it's a very small village but you'll see a lot of migratory birds in summer we saw so many migratory birds and we also saw kayangs which is a very famous animal there so we saw many kayangs there that was also nice okay that's amazing that's incredible uh, so you went back to lay Sorry, to Pangong from Chishul? No. So from Pangong, we came to Chishul. And from Chishul, the plan was to go to Somoriri. It's uh, another lake. So from uh, Pangong, we went to Somoriri. So basically from uh, Pangong, the plan was to go to, Cho- uh, to, go to Ch- uh, Somoriri via Chushul. So there's there are two ways of going to Somoriri. Either you can go back to Leh and from Leh, you can go to Somoriri via another route. But since we wanted to do Chushul, so we thought of going by this way. Okay, got it, got it. Okay. So after crossing Chishul, you have this war memorial called Rizangla. It's a famous uh, memorial where Major Shaitan Singh uh, fought with his company to the last man. And the memorial has the names of all the, all the soldiers. So it's a nice uh, memorial, just like a Kargil war memorial, but it's actually small. So okay. we went to that memorial. And uh, after that, we crossed to passes. 
uh, which is Sagala and Namashangla. So we crossed two passes. And uh, before Somururi, so Somururi is a very big lake. It's very big. It's at a height of 14,000 feet. Wow. Okay. It was actually scary. I was telling my friend again and again that it's very scary. So Pangong seems very happy and, you know, you can just play around Pangong. You can, you know, just, just dip your feet and you can do all these things. But Somururi is very deep. I mean, I could not see any difference between the sky and the earth, actually. Oh my gosh. Wow. It was, wow. It, was wow. End, it was endless. It was endless. And also, uh, I think because... Not many people go there. There's just one village which has the options to stay. It's called Korsok. So, yeah, I mean, there are, there are hardly two, two, three places where you can actually stay. So we didn't even actually stay at Korsok because we saw those places and we thought, okay, no, we can't really stay because uh, we'll, it will be super cold in the night. It's so close to the lake that we did not wish to stay there. So instead, we thought of staying in a tented accommodation, which was a little far from the lake. So okay. we stayed there. So just before Somuri, you'll see a twin sister of Somuri, which is very small, but it's very beautiful. It's called Kyagar. So that was also very beautiful. So we, we saw that through it. But it comes before Somuri. So not many people actually notice it. You have to deviate a little from the road in order to see it. But it's very beautiful. And just because, they're, I mean, it's normally isolated. So the water is absolutely clean. There are no human beings around it. So you can have the whole lake for yourself. It's very beautiful. It's a beautiful lake. That's amazing. I think many travelers also visit Ladakh and set up base there. But you also went beyond it and visited many of the places. So I think that's <laughs> amazing to hear. Yeah, I mean, uh, we were later actually thinking that instead of spending the night at so maybe we should rather have camped at Kyagar so. But yeah, maybe next time. But yeah, it, it's, a, it's a beautiful lake. That's amazing. Okay. So we stayed at uh, Somuridi. And the next day uh, from Somuriri, we went again to Jispa. So we crossed uh, the last pass, uh, Polokongla, and okay. uh, we went to Jispa. And, and again from Jispa to Manali, and Manali to Chandigarh, and then back to Delhi. So, yeah, awesome. 15 days. Awesome. Awesome. 15 incredible days. So uh, tell me you interacted, yeah. I'm sure you interacted with a lot of locals there. So any memorable experience you can recount of your interactions there? Uh, the one that I told you was very, I mean, that's something I'll never forget that uh, that uncle told us at Chishul village that about that 1962 uh, war, that the Chinese soldiers were standing right, right outside. That's something that gave us goosebumps. I mean, you could not believe that the place you're you standing and eating is the same place where Chinese soldiers were standing in 1962. So, yeah, it's a, that was in a way a battlefield. So everybody was fighting there in Yosino War. So, I mean, you're eating at that very place. So that was very memorable. Other than that, uh, locals are very nice. Uh, it takes time for them to open up. But uh, yeah, when, when they stay open, stay open up they tell you about how difficult their life is about the you know about the place about their culture about their tradition so it's always a pleasure to listen to them i yeah i always really enjoy talking to them i actually 
uh, like to talk to kids a lot. So whenever I travel, mm-hmm. I carry a lot of crayons and pencils and sketchbooks with me. So when I see children, I give them the those crayons. So that's something I keep doing. So like in the past six, seven years, I've been doing this. <laughs> so wow, that's I have amazing. so many pictures. Yeah, <laughs> yeah because they don't really get uh, these things there. I mean... uh sketch pens i mean they love coloring i'm sure every child loves to do that so it's just a way i mean just one it's just a way of giving back something i mean you get so much from this journey so yeah i mean something i can i could probably do for those kids absolutely that's a very good thing to do so thank you for sharing that and uh, <laughs> if i had to ask you for a solo traveler budget to for your 15 day trip what would you suggest how much should we put aside for this trip um so rohan uh, if you are actually planning to do it on a shared cab and mm-hmm. uh, you want to take the local buses then i think 15 to somewhere i mean this does not include your flight tickets but yeah some so i'm talking from manali yeah. so, so somewhere around 15 to 18000 i think should be more than enough and of course if you are planning to stay in budget hotels or guest houses then somewhere around 15 to 18000 should be enough for anybody who wants to go solo but oh, wow. uh, yeah that's, that's a good budget yeah okay yeah but so it also depends on the number of places you want to go to uh, for example if you want to go to chishul obviously you would find any shared cab in in shared cab in that case you know if you are just taking a cab for yourself then it might cost you a little higher so that depends so if i'm so when i'm saying 7 15 to 18 that includes the places which are in the in a general itinerary i mean pangong nubra the sightseeing around lay okay. all the monasteries okay. mm-hmm. so but i'm not including places like somuriri and chushal because for that you need to also uh, get in a line permits you know you need to pay for that as well so right yeah. so other than these places because they are not not everybody go there and i forgot to ask you one thing are there because these are very remote places chushal and uh, the surrounding villages so do you get many cabs to go there or is that also limited for chushal we didn't see any i mean uh we met a lot of people at pangong but nobody was actually mm-hmm. going there so we didn't see anybody going there even when when we were in lay applying for permits uh mm-hmm. they, i didn't find anybody was looking for a permit to chushal so i'm not really sure if you'll find a cab to chushal it's only possible if you find somebody for example i'm going there and somebody else also going there you mm-hmm. might just ask or in that case that's luck basically if you find somebody who is going to that side otherwise there are no caps to chushal or maybe if, if there is somebody who is going from lay to chushal and you can just join them then understood I, got it got it yeah and neha if i were to ask you from your entire trip if we have to name three places that i shouldn't miss if i go on your trip what would you say um so actually everybody goes to hemisen i've seen that everybody goes to le monastery they go to shay monastery then this this gate and hemisen tikse but there are these two monasteries which are very beautiful i mean alchi is one of them and the other one is lekker alchi mm-hmm. monasteries uh, is one of the oldest monasteries that are there in ladakh and what makes it different is the way it's built so uh it's it has this so once you enter it has this very beautiful tara statue which is 
just spectacular. Also, it's uh, known for its uh, well-preserved 11th and 12th century wall paintings. And and they all are in Indo-Himalayan Indo style. They are very beautiful. And even when you're standing outside the monastery, you you won't really feel that this is the monastery because that's not how a monastery looks. It's so different. And it's something, it's one place that's not to be missed. But it's it's very beautiful. And not too far from Malji, there's another monastery which is called, which is Likir. That's also like a place which should which should be there in, in, in the list of every traveler. So it's it, that's also very beautiful. And uh, the third place I would suggest is Lama Yuru. Uh, it's called, uh, I'm I'm sure you must have seen photos. It's called the Moonland in Leh and Ladakh. And it's, yeah, called the moon, yeah, yeah. it's called Moonland because of its uh, terrain, which resembles the surface mm -hmm. of the moon. And right, right. the journey to Lama Yuri is very beautiful. The monastery itself is very beautiful. But the journey is also very nice. I mean, the road... Uh, which takes you to the Lama Yuru Monastery is very nice. So the the landscape is very different from the landscape that you'll see in Ladakh. So that's a very different experience. So that also should not be missed. That's awesome. That's amazing. I think these three places are very offbeat and very uh, characteristic of the northern culture. So that's great. So. Yeah. Any advice you have for travelers that need to keep in mind when visiting Ladakh? You mentioned something about keeping the alt altitude in mind when you're going up. But apart from that, what other advice would you give travelers? Um, so the first thing that I would say that is keep enough time in your itinerary for acclimatization. I mean, I, I, a lot of people ask me that, can we go to Ladakh over a weekend? Can we can we just club two, two three days with a weekend and go to Ladakh? Mm -hmm. yeah. It's an absolute no. I mean, first, because you need to acclimatize. That's very important. You don't want to land up in lay hospital on the second day of your trip. And also because it, it deserves attention, it deserves time. So, like each and every monastery, each and every place, each and every landscape in Ladakh deserves its time. It's a very beautiful place. So keep time in your itinerary. When you have sufficient time, then visit Ladakh. And uh, other than that, I would say that uh, leave always leave early so that you can see the places around and also so that you can come back before the sunset. You don't want to be outside in the dark because once it gets dark, people generally stay inside and you won't even find help. So leave early. And uh, yeah, so this is say the second thing. And also one thing that uh, check the weather when you're planning your trip and keep clothes accordingly. It's very important because it can get really cold even in the summer after the sunset. So if it's summer, it can get really cold. So yeah, keep enough clothes with you, jackets. You always need them. That's great. That's great advice, Neha. So, thank you so much, Neha, for coming on the India Jello podcast. It was absolutely a delight listening to your experiences to Ladakh. I can't wait for the lockdown to get over so that I could <laughs> go on the same trip. Uh, where can our listeners keep track of your future adventures? So uh, I post about my travel. I mean, so if, if I'm planning anything, I post about it on my Instagram handle. So yeah, any, anybody who wants to follow me can follow me on my Instagram handle, Ruhi Musafir. Or if there's any kind of information you need, you can always email me. So yeah. That's great. So we'll link your channels to in the show notes for this episode. Uh, which brings me to my next question, Neha. 
I know we are in lockdown and not sure when it's going to end. But uh, you must be planning your next trip to the mountains. So where are you planning to go then next? <laughs> Rohan, actually, I've stopped planning. I planned Sandakpu this year. It didn't happen. I planned Bhutan. It got cancelled. Then I planned oh, Value Flowers. Okay. It got okay. cancelled too. So <laughs> right now I'm not planning any. I mean, I've just, I might have to go to Delhi because my parents are, you know, worried about me. So I just, I might just go home now. I'm not planning anything right now. Once everything, when once I see, okay, things are getting better, only then maybe I will start planning something. <laughs> That's great. So what's on your wish list if it opens up? Uh, I wanted to go to Bhutan actually. So that's Oh wow. Okay. So that's something I I actually so as soon as things are a little better I think the next thing I would plan would be Bhutan. Awesome. Yeah. So I'll have to have you on the show again to discuss that journey. <laughs> My pleasure. All right. So thank you so much Neha for coming on the show and I'm sure our listeners will get super excited about Ladakh listening to you so thank you so much thank you Rohan thank you so much if you enjoyed my conversation with Neha and want more such episodes from the India Cholo podcast do subscribe to us and leave us a review we are on Spotify CastBox iTunes basically wherever you listen to podcasts we'd also love to get to know you better do give us a shout out. We are on Instagram and Twitter. We love to talk travel with you and get to know you better. And stay tuned for more exciting episodes in the coming weeks. Thank you. Bye bye.